on earth I said for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth goodwill to men but the bells are ringing like a choir they're singing a chime, a chant sublime of peace on earth, goodwill to men and the bells they're ringing like a choir they're singing with our hearts we'll hear them on earth, goodwill to men. Do you hear the bells they're ringing? The light, the angels singing. Open up your heart and hear them. Peace on earth, 
shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. I am so thankful to know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, as my Prince of Peace. It's been a crazy couple of years. We live in difficult times. Time goes by. Talk about the the coal and the time and the day passing. That song has a lot of figurative thinking. You think about one day and how difficult it might be, and yet that day passes, and how that you still have the peace that passes all understanding because you know the Prince of Peace. He lives within your heart. Maybe today you're struggling with that. I encourage you to look to Him. He is the Prince of Peace. There's the only place that peace can be found is in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why He came. He came that He might die, yes, for us, and pay our sin debt, that we'd be at peace with God. Before that, we're at enmity with God. We're an enemy with God. But now He is the one that is the peacemaker by making it possible for us to know and, and to know God and have our sins forgiven. I praise the Lord for the peace that we can have in the Lord Jesus Christ. The world talks a lot about peace, but there's no peace without God in your life, without the Lord Jesus Christ in your heart. I praise the Lord for that. Take your Bible, turn to Romans chapter 16. Romans 16 and verse number 25 is where we'll begin today. So wonderful to be able to come into the Lord's house this morning, to be able to lift up songs of praise unto him. I hope that your heart has been spoken to. I hope that you've been encouraged. I hope that your heart has been worshipful to the Lord in lifting up his, his name and thinking about who he is, and to think about what Christ, how he came, and the whole story of Christmas. It's so important that we remember the true meaning of Christmas. And I want you to look here, if you would, and if we look at the, the, the text verses that we have for today, we're going to be coming back to these. We're going to be looking at several verses. But I want you to notice there, verses 25 through 27, notice it says there in Romans 16, Now to him that is a power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began, but now is made manifest and by the scriptures of the prophets according to the commandment of the everlasting God made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. To God only wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. Let's have a word of prayer. Lord, we thank you for who you are. And Lord, I pray that we truly would give you the glory that is due to you. And Lord, I thank you so much for the, the message of the songs today. As you've spoken to our hearts, reminded us of that very first Noel, that first Christmas. The picture there of the shepherd, the, the idea, the picture of Mary and Joseph and your son, that babe, wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying there in that manger on that silent night. And what I'm so thankful that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die in our place to pay our sin debt. And yet, Lord, there's things I don't understand. Lord, all of this is such a great mystery to us. It's hard to wrap our mind around why you would do such a thing, Lord, but I'm thankful today for it. Thank you so much for your love. Jesus, thank you for coming. You might die for us. And Lord, I pray that today that we'd be reminded once again of how good you are, how loving you are, or that our hearts would be overjoyed, and Lord, that we would truly have a peace that passes all understanding as we give thanks unto you. You're worthy. Meet with us now, I pray, in Jesus' name, amen. I love Christmas time. 
wonderful time of the year. It's a time of giving. It's a time of sharing. Uh, it's a time of, of compassion and forgiving. It ought to be anyway. It's a time of joy. It's a time of happiness. For us, it's a, it's a wonderful time. I love the, the atmosphere that's around in the home and the setting up of the, the Christmas uh, decorations and being mindful once again of this special time of year. I love Christmas. It is my favorite holiday. I believe it's the most important holiday of all because it's the only one that makes it possible for us to be at peace with God. It's the only one that represents the greatest love gift of all was God giving his only begotten son for us. I love Christmas time. How many of y'all love Christmas? Isn't it a fun time, great time of the year? I enjoy it. It's a great time to be able to get together. But you know, to the Christian, Christmas is special more than just because of the decorations and all the hustle and bustle that's going on. It's a time when we celebrate our risen Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And I say that because he came to die, but he didn't stay dead. Today is the Lord's day, and we're celebrating the fact he was victorious. We are celebrating the fact that, yes, he came in that small town of Bethlehem as, as that baby, and they wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him there in that manger, and we remember all those things. And we ought to do that. And I'm thankful for that, but I'm thankful also the fact that the reason as to why he came, he came that he would die and pay our sin debt. I could never give thanks enough for what he's done for me. We could never say thanks enough to God for forgiving us of our sins and what it cost him. Just an amazing thought. Someone has said this, a Christian should observe Christmas in wonder, worship, and witness. Wonder, worship, and witness. That's what Christmas should be about for us as a child of God. Wonder, witness, and imagining and thinking about what he's done for us. Why wonder? Wonder because Christmas is a mystery. I, you know, wonder means anything hidden or secret. That, that, or actually mystery means that. When you wonder about something, it's like you're in awe and wondering about it. And like, wow, how could this be? And it's a mystery to us as to how God could do what he did for us. And, and you know, we look at Christmas and we're in awe about it and the, the mystery that surrounds it. I want to talk today about this Christmas and about how the fact that it is a mystery. It is something that you cannot ever figure out. You're never going to be able to completely understand. But it truly is something that I think that the, that the Holy Spirit of God can give us better understanding of. It is something we have to come to and understand for us to, to, to really understand how wonderful and awesome Christmas is. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, it says, and Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. Great is that mystery. You think about that for a moment. God was manifest in the flesh. He was justified in the spirit. He was seen of angels. He was preached unto the Gentiles. There's so much about that that is such a mystery, that is such an amazing thing as we look at it today. So I want us to delve into it. The first thing I want you to notice with me today is the mystery of Christmas. Let's kind of break it down. Why is it a mystery? Christmas, when we celebrate the birth of our Savior, presents three great mysteries. The first one, I want you to notice, I want you to take your Bible, hold your place there, go over, if you would, to the Gospel of John, John chapter 1, and look at verse number 14. John chapter 14. Excuse me, John chapter 1, verse number 14. verse that many of us are very familiar with. You, perhaps you can quote this verse today, but I want, I want to look at, there's several things here that we find in this verse that it's just, it really describes the mystery of Christmas. 
The first thing I want you to notice here is the incarnation. Look at there, if you would, at verse number 14 of John 1. It says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The Word was made flesh, it says. This is a mystery which is incomprehensible to our human minds. You think about it. How can a God, the eternal, the infinite, the almighty, take upon him the form uh, like ours, the form of our flesh? How could he do that? But yet it says the word was made flesh. Now some might get confused with that word there. That you know, it's, all, it's capitalized, W-O-R-D, the word. The word was made flesh. But that word means in the Greek, it actually is the word logos. It means the living word of God. The living word of God became flesh and dwelt among us. We're talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and if you go back and look at verse number one, it says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. We know what the word is. It is the Lord Jesus Christ. It is the living word of God there in the flesh. Jesus was the picture, the expression, the pattern, the very image of what God wished to say to man. That's who the Lord Jesus Christ was. He was God's utterance, he was God's speech, he was God's word to man. I love it when I read verses like this and to see how deep this really is talking about. God is speaking to us through his word. Jesus Christ is the word. Jesus Christ is Emmanuel, he is God with us. Someone has said that if you could convince a man that there was no hope, he would curse the day that he was born. Hope is an indispensable quality of life. We all need hope. You ever felt hopeless? You ever been in a place of despair where there was no hope, it seemed? There are a lot of people like that in the world today. I, I heard the story about these people, these men that were inside a submarine. It was actually called an S-4 submarine. It was many years ago. It had gotten in an accident. There was a boat that had rammed into them, and that submarine went down, all hands inside the submarine. Can you imagine being down inside a submarine that's been hit and it's punctured and the water's starting to pour in and the oxygen is starting to deplete how you would feel? There were many boats that were sent out. People were trying to help them. There was a diver that went down, had one of those helmets on, had, so he could go down to depth where he was right next to the submarine. It said that he put his ear up against the submarine and he began to hear tapping. He began to realize it was Morse code. And slowly he began to interpret what was being said. And as he listened, he heard this. Is there any hope? Is there any hope? You know, that seems to be the cry of humanity today. Is there any hope? In the world we live in today, is there any hope? Is there any hope? It seems like my days, they, they run one day after the other. They're running into one another. It seems like there's just nothing that I'm living for. Is there any hope? If I die today, and where am I going to spend eternity? Is there any hope? I'm going through this financial crisis. Is there any hope? I carry such a burden. Things aren't what I thought they'd be. Is there any hope? And the great message of the incarnation is this. There is hope. There is hope. Because Jesus Christ came. Because he came. And he, the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Because Jesus Christ came. There is hope in the world today. God's son, Jesus Christ. That's where hope is found. He 
Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 and 5, it says, But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. He came, why? Because we were born into this world, dead in our trespasses and sin. He came because he knew that we were under the law. The law was there to teach us that we were sinners in need of a Savior. And Jesus Christ came to save us who are sinners. He knew that we could not keep the law, but praise be to God. Listen, Jesus Christ was tempted in all points as we are and was yet without sin. He was able to keep all of the law. When the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law to redeem them that were under the law. Why? That we might be adopted sons, become a child of God. The word was made flesh. How was he made flesh? By the miracle of the virgin birth, he took on himself sinless human nature. The word was not an abstract concept of philosophy, but a real person who could be seen, who could be touched, who could be heard. He was right there. Can you imagine seeing Jesus Christ? Like I said earlier, can you imagine Mary holding that beautiful baby? Can you imagine seeing him grow? Can you imagine seeing him there at his very first miracle, turning the water into wine? Can you imagine seeing Jesus do the great miracles that he did? Can you imagine sitting and listening to him as he preached? Can you imagine as he said, Prince of Peace said, Peace, be still, and it was calm. Yes, he's real. Yes, he came in the flesh. Christianity is Christ. Christ is God. And we can be the child of God. We can trust in God. And we can know God. And we can have our sins forgiven because of the incarnation, because Christ came. Which leads me to the next thing I want to think about is the identification. Identification. Turn over, if you would, go to Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. Look at verse number 14, if you would. I want you to grasp this point, what we're talking about, the identification. You think about what it means. Look what it says there in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same. That through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Wherefore, in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, talking about you and me, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. Christmas is a mystery also because God, the Son, robed himself in human flesh to come and to die for our sins. That is a mystery I cannot comprehend. I cannot understand why God would do that. 
You might say some simple answer, well, it's because he loved us. Yes, I know that, but I don't still understand why does he love us? God knows everything I've ever thought and everything I've ever done and everything I'm going to do. And yet he still loves me. He loves you. And why the necessity to become like us? Take on the human body. Why? Verse 17, it tells us why, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. You can't ask for a better high priest than the Lord Jesus Christ. He knows everything that you go through. He knows the trials you go through. He knows the hardships. He knows the struggle against temptation. Yes, he understood that as well. The difference being is he never gave in to the temptation. He understands what we need, though, how we feel. How better could he do this but be made like unto us? Now think about it, the King of Lords. The Lord of Lords, the Lord of Lords, and the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, he gave himself to you. He gave himself to me. He gave himself that we could have a relationship with God so that we could be reconciled unto God, so that we could become a child of God. You want to talk about the unspeakable gift? That's what it is. We can't even comprehend it. We could go on and on and on and on and talk about it. We never come to the end of how amazing that gift is. Think about what he went through, how he came to this world. We sing about it, how it's a wonderful thing being laid there in that manger. <laughs> That's a trough that animals eat out of. Being there in that inn, that inn we're talking, the bottom of that inn, there's no room for him in the inn. That's talking about there was no room for him in the spare room that they would have had their relatives to come and to, to stay in the house. They were down in the bottom part where poor people would keep their animals. We're talking about the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That's how he's born into this world. Hmm. Born to a young lady, a virgin. Living in the household of a carpenter. Not living in a mansion or a palace. Don't miss this. When we talk about things like this, don't let it just roll off. Think about what Christ did for us, how he came and how he lived and what he did for us. And in the complexity of it all, you think about where he came from. There he is. He's in the splendors of heaven. He comes down here and takes on the form of a man. You ever thought about, I mean, I can't even comprehend that. I mean, it'd be like us taking on the form of a worm. And then it would not even be close. Not even close. Lived his life, a ministry, serving others, never serving himself, but serving others. He had, the Bible says he had no, not a place to lay his head. That's the kind of life that he lived. Thirdly, I want to go back, if you would, go to John chapter 1 once again. Look at verse 14. We see the indwelling. He identifies with us. He's incarnate. He's God with us. And thirdly, we see here in this verse, we see the indwelling. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. That's an interesting word, that among. In the Greek, that word is en. It, 
It depends on the context as to mean either among or it could also mean in. It's an interesting word. This is the greatest miracle of Christmas, by the way. When you look at this, he was incarnated in human flesh to identify with us so, he, so we could put our trust and faith in him and be indwelt then by him. We put our faith in him so that then we would be indwelt by him. Man, that is a great mystery. You think about that. He lives within us. We put our faith in him so he might dwell within us. And Jesus made a promise to his disciples in John 14, 18. He said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. How is he going to do that if he leaves? How is he going to do that? I'll tell you how. By the indwelling of the power of the Holy Spirit of God in our life. This is one of the main purposes of the incarnation, that he might indwell those who believe and empower them to follow and do the will of God there in heaven. It wasn't just to get us out of hell. It was that he might come within us and then empower us to do the will of God here on earth for God in heaven as he indwells within us here on earth. Amazing thought, the mystery of Christmas. Galatians 2.20 says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Among us. Amazing thought that Christ lives within us. If you're a child of God, you're trusted in Christ as your Savior. He lives within you today. And so we see the mystery. Secondly, notice the meaning of Christmas for us. The meaning. Go back, if you would, to Romans chapter 16. Good to see you turning your Bibles or pushing the buttons on your phones or tablets. Romans chapter 16. The meaning of Christmas for us. Let's make it applicable. Let's make it personal. And the first thing I want you to notice here, we're going to read verse 25 here in just a moment. But I want you to notice that we must accept it as a mystery, otherwise we'll underestimate its value. It, 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 we, we dare not underestimate its value. Look, if you would, at verse 25. Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. This is the Apostle Paul. He is speaking here. He's writing to the believers there at Rome. And he's saying, Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. An amazing thing that we see here. And he's saying it's according to the revelation of the mystery. That mystery we're talking about. Which was kept secret since the world began. Talking about that mystery. And the more mysterious God is, the more glorious he is in our eyes. Don't ever think you got God figured out. Now when I say that, it doesn't mean that God is not reachable. I'm just saying that God is incomprehensible in our human thinking. We are finite. He is infinite. We need to remember that. When we look at the Christmas story, we ought to be in awe of it. It ought to be something that is just like, Wow! It ought never grow old for us when we think about the true meaning of Christmas. You see, it's a humbling experience when we must confess that we neither know nor understand all the workings of an almighty God. 
humbly. And we ought to be humble. We ought to be humble before a holy, Christ God. A God that is in control of everything. A God that is all-powerful, all-knowing. Yet a God that is all-loving. You see, no matter how hard we try, we cannot change the fact that we cannot understand everything about God. And sometimes we don't understand why God does what he does. But he's God. He knows what's best. He's the same God, that almighty God that sent his son, robed in the flesh, to die for mankind's sin and indwell in those who believe. That's a great mystery to me. I don't understand why God would save me. I don't understand why God would take on the flesh. I don't understand that. I can't comprehend that. But I need to accept it, and I need to believe it. I need to trust in it. I need to be in awe of it. I need to thank God for it. It's an amazing thing. something that when we do celebrate Christmas, the main focus ought to be, thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift. Not just those presents that are around the Christmas tree. I can't wait till I open them up. As an adult, those things change. You can't wait for your kid to open them up. <laughs> just remember this on Christmas Day. Thank God for his unspeakable gift. Thank God for what he's given you. Thank God for his blessings he's bestowed upon you. And it's just an amazing fact. Hey, listen, when I open up those gifts around that Christmas tree, just the, I, I was just picturing in my heart my kids. And to think that every single one of them knows Christ as their Savior. And to know I'm going to be in heaven. For all eternity with him. That's what God has given me. He's given my kids. And I talk to my mom and dad on Christmas to know that my mom and dad are going to be in heaven for all eternity. Praise God for his unspeakable gift. It's a mystery. But we must accept God's working in our life. Realize that. Accept it. In Romans 16, look at verse 25 once again. Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. Establish you. In other words, establish you who believes through our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and the risen Savior. By faith, trusting in him as our personal Savior. Believing that he died for us. Believing that he rose again. That word establish, it means to make steadfast, to cause to stand, and to keep us from evil. Now to him that is of the power to establish you. Who is that he's talking about that has the power to do that? The Lord Jesus Christ does. I can't do it. You can't do it. But it says, now to him that is of the power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. You see, once we accept the mystery of the Incarnation and are indwelt by Christ and the person of the Holy Spirit, in, literally, Him in us and we in Him, nothing is able to move us. We have the power of God in our lives. In John chapter 10, verse 28, He says this, And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my father, out of my hand. My Father, which gave them me, is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. 
And so we see we have the power of God in us, but we also have the power of God keeping us. Nothing could ever take us out of God's hand. I'm thankful for that today. And by the way, that, that when it says that no one, it's not just talking about no one out there. It's talking about no one here either. I praise the Lord for that today. I am kept by the power of God. Thirdly, we must appropriate this good news for ourselves. Look at verse number 25. Do you see the possessive that he says there about the gospel? What word does he use? My gospel. My gospel. Now, he's not saying it's just my gospel that I made up. No, no, no. What he's saying is it's a personal thing to him that the Lord Jesus Christ has saved him, and he is sharing with what God has done in his life. He is saying it is my gospel. It is my message because God has saved me, because God has given me the power. It is my gospel. It has become personal to him. It must become personal to each of us. Let me ask you today. Have you trusted in Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Is it your gospel message? Did you receive it? That Jesus came that he might die for you. He paid your sin debt that you might live through him. That he might live in you. That you might have everlasting life. That you might have the power of the Holy Spirit of God within your life. To do the work of God here on earth that God wants you to do. To, to know that you are kept by the power of God. And that nobody can separate you from that. Nobody can take you out of his hands. Make it personal. You see the mystery of Christmas that God became a man to identify with him and indwell those who believe will never mean anything to us unless we by faith receive it ourselves. It'll never mean anything to you unless you appropriate it to yourself. That means you trust in Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. I can't do it for you. My mom and dad couldn't do it for me. They could lead me down a path. Praise God for godly parents that brought me to church. Praise God. Wasn't it great to see the Heigl family up here singing earlier? Man, I enjoyed that. Praise the Lord for godly parents bringing their kids to church. And seeing them, seeing them sing those Christmas songs, Silent Night. I love to see that. But you know what? It ought to be personal for every single one of us. Nobody can, listen, nobody can make a decision for their children or anybody else to be saved. You've got to appropriate it to yourself. Have you trusted in Christ as your Savior? Is it personal? Have you received it? Do you know that you're on your way to heaven? And if you have, then look at the next part. He says the preaching of Jesus Christ. My gospel, the preaching of Jesus Christ. We must be ambassadors for Christ. We need to share with what God has done in our life. We need to share that gospel message with those that need to hear it. Listen, the world today needs to hear that there is a, a person called the Prince of Peace. There are people in the world today are looking for hope. There is no hope anywhere but to be, be, to be found except through the Lord Jesus Christ. And by the way, you'll never be able to, to, to be able to describe in complete detail so people can understand the incarnation of Jesus Christ. It's a mystery. When I say you understand, I'm talking about completely comprehend it. You, you're not able to do that. But I tell you what, the Holy Spirit of God can open people's eyes and hearts like you can't. 
We need to let the Holy Spirit of God work within us. And so that we need to be faithful, sharing the good news to those that don't know Christ as their Savior. And let God speak to their, to their heart. In Psalm 107, verse 2, it says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Would you all say that phrase with me? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Are you redeemed today? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Say it with gladness. Say it with joy. Say it, man, preach the gospel of what God has given you. The Lord Jesus Christ, what he's done for you. Be an ambassador for him. You see, when this message is presented and then believed and acted upon, the mystery is indeed revolutionary in that person's life. It will change them. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. You want to see a change in the world today? You want lives to be changed? You want this to be a better, a better world? Share Jesus Christ. Tell people how they can know him. Share with them about how they can be saved. You see, we must always thank God for his entrusting us with the wonderful mystery. Thank God that he's entrusted you with it. Look, if you would, at the end of verse number 25 and verse 26, we close and look at it. He says, according to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began, but now is made manifest. It's now made manifest. The church and each member of it has been given a monumental task of sharing the good news of Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world. God has given us a responsibility. God wants for us to share that wonderful mystery. The Bible says it was hidden. It's bound, it was hidden prior to that, but now it's manifested. The Bible says that even in the world today, there are those that are, their, their, their eyes are blinded by Satan, but God's Spirit is able to make the mystery known to them and receive it. I'm thankful for that. I praise God when you see that veil removed from the eyes of a person that was living in darkness. Remember that day that you got saved when God opened up your eyes to see the spiritual truth that God loved you? But God commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for you and paid your sin debt. You trusted him in as your personal savior. I praise the Lord for times in my life when I've been able to lead people to Christ. Times when you are able to share with them. I love sharing with them. And you go through the Romans road in Romans 3.23. For, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And, and they realize their sin. And then Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin is death. They realize they're sinners and they realize the penalty of sin is death. And then they realize it's because God loves them that, they, that, that he died or he allowed his son to die. Romans 5, 8, but God commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Have you ever shared that with anybody? Have you ever shared the gospel message? I praise the Lord this week. I had a man come here from DTE. He wanted to do a, an energy analysis of our building to see how energy efficient we are. You want to send somebody? Send them on. That's great. So they came. Came, and his name was Michael. He came in here. He changed a couple of faucet things. Went from, instead of being two gallons, went down to one gallon. Really, the truth of the matter is, the, the, the faucet endings had been so rusted and filled in, we were probably getting .2 gallons. And so putting that new end on there got us more water flow anyway. If you all know our water, you know what I'm talking about. I was like, praise the Lord. Hey, that, that sink does work. Hey, that's great. Into that. What's the big deal, right? 
He got all through with that. And, you know, praise the Lord, I was able to ask him the question that, that we really need to be asking people. Do you know 100% sure that you're on your way to heaven? He didn't. I asked him before that, where do you go to church? He goes to church. I asked him where he went. He knew the church. He knew his pastor's name. Yet he didn't know how to go to heaven 100% sure. Now, I say that. I'm not going to judge that church. There's a church not even in our area. It's not my place to be the judge, but I'll tell you there might be somebody here even today that goes to Lighthouse Baptist Church but yet doesn't have 100%, 100% surety that they're on their way to heaven. Do you know for sure? He didn't know. I was able to share with him from the Word of God and, and walk right through. We got to Romans 5, 8, but God, I asked him, I said, if Jesus never sinned, then why did he die? He didn't know the answer. He says, I, I've wondered that. You know, that's the most common answer to that question when I ask it. I've wondered that. People hear about Jesus dying. People hear about Christmas, Jesus coming. But they don't understand why he died. God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And to see the look on his face as God opened up his eyes and he trusted in Jesus Christ as his personal Savior. I didn't have to beg him. <laughs> I didn't have to talk him into it. I shared with him the word of God, my gospel. Because I've accepted Christ as my Savior. I preach the Lord Jesus Christ because he is my Lord and he is the Messiah. And he is the one that came to pay our sin debt. And yes, it's a mystery. I can't wrap my mind around it. But I know enough to know this. Because God opened my eyes to see that I was a sinner lost on my way to hell. But Jesus Christ died and paid my sin debt. And I trusted in what he did on Calvary's cross. And I believe he rose again the third day. And I'm on my way to heaven. Because the Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's my gospel. And I'm a preacher. I want to share it challenge you be in awe of the mystery of it and praise God for how awesome it is and to think about God's love and to think that God can give a peace that passes all understanding as we give thanks unto him and we think about the right things and we put our mind on him and as we share the gospel that God can do the same thing for other people too he'll do it we need to share it let's all stand with our heads bowed and eyes closed Lord I thank you so much for loving us Thank you for the incarnation and your coming. You became flesh. You dwelt among us. In all your glory. And Lord, you came that you might live a life that we could not live, a life of perfection. And in that life, you were tempted as we are, yet you were without sin. penalty of sin is death, even though we all deserve it. But Lord, you died for us. What a mystery. That you would love us. Lord, I thank you. With our heads bowed and eyes closed this morning, let me ask you, do you know Christ as your Savior? Have your eyes been opened? go back to that moment in time in your life when God spoke to your heart. The Holy Spirit of God convicted you of sin. The Word of God, it pricked your heart. 
You realized you needed a Savior. You needed to be forgiven. You realized that God loved you so much that he sent his son to die in your place. And you believe Christ died for you, that he rose again. And you, by faith, trusted in him as your personal Savior. You say, yes, I know I'm on my way to heaven based on the promise of God's word. If that's your testimony, would you lift your hand up high and say, yes, I know I'm saved. I know I'm saved. God bless you. You may put your hands down. Praise God. So wonderful to know. You might be here today. You say, I don't know for sure. I don't have that peace. Let me just say to you, listen, God loves you. He's the Prince of Peace. He wants you to have peace in your heart right now, this day. He doesn't want you to doubt where you'll spend eternity. He wants you to know that you're on your way to heaven. He wants you to be at peace with God. You're here this morning, you say, Preacher, I'll be honest, I don't know for sure I'm going to heaven. Could I pray for you today? I won't call you out, I won't embarrass you, I promise, but I will pray for you. I'll pray that God will give you that peace. Would you just lift your hand and say, I don't know for sure I'm going to heaven. I don't, I don't know 100% sure if I died today that I'd go to heaven. Could I pray for you today? Would you just lift your hand up right now and say, I don't know for sure? Christian, you raised your hand, you say, yes, I know. This is the gospel. The good news are you sharing that gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ with others? We're to be as ambassadors. We've been given the great commission. We've been told to go. We have the only hope for the world. There's a lost world that needs Christ. Would you share with them? Just share with them what God has done for you. Share with them how God loves them, how Jesus died and how he rose again for them. Earlier I said it's Christmas time. You get around the tree perhaps and you open gifts. And I was overwhelmed with the thought of all my kids. Knowing that they are born again on the way to heaven. Mom and dad going to heaven. There's somebody in your life right now that God's laying on your heart that you don't even know. Whether they're lost or on their way to heaven or not. Would you pray for them? Would you ask God to open that door? Would you ask God to help you be a witness for that person that happens to stop by the office? See, I don't know if I could do that. I'm not asking you to. I'm asking you to just to surrender to the Holy Spirit of God and let God work in your life. Would you lift up Christ at Christmas? Would you make him be the focal point of everything you do? God with us. He's in you, and we're in him. You're a child of God. I invite you this morning to pray. I invite you to come in just a moment as we open the altar to come. I invite you to come and pray. Would you just come and say, Lord, I want to be a witness for you. Would you come and say, Lord, I thank you for what Christmas means. Thank you for being there for me, for forgiving me, for saving me for empowering me. Lord, perhaps today you need to cry out and say, Lord, I need peace. There's a storm raging in your life. There's a difficulty you're going through. Would you cry out to the Prince of Peace today? Put your faith and trust in him. 
Lord, I pray you'd move in this invitation. Lord, speak to our hearts. I pray for those that perhaps do not know you today. Lord, I pray they would come. Lord, that they would be gloriously saved today, that they would know you. That you'd open their eyes. I pray your Holy Spirit would speak to their hearts. Lord, I pray that we as your people, Lord, that we would be your ambassadors. That share the mystery of Christmas and what it really means. That share the gospel, our gospel, the good news that we have in our hearts. Lord, challenge our hearts today. I pray in Jesus' name. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I invite you. Would you come to this altar? Would you come and thank the Lord for his love? Would you come and ask him to give you the victory, perhaps, and a challenge you're going through? It might be a storm you're facing. Would you come today and pray for that loved one, that lost loved one you don't know for sure is going to heaven? Pray that God will open the door. Pray that they'll get saved. Does anybody have a loved one, a friend? They'd like to see the Lord saved. Would you pray for them today?